1: Thanks, Dean. Hey, Wisconsin. Welcome to episode 50 of the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Not only is this episode 50, but it's also the 100th content piece that Wisconsin Music Podcast has sent out into the podcast listening world. So we're just going to keep rolling along here, and I hope everyone had a great weekend. If you're listening to this on Monday, October 18th, 2021... Tonight I am conducting the high school band and jazz ensemble at where I teach. As a band director I work with kids that are at all different skills and maturity levels especially with this last 20 months stalling on their education and social skills due to the quarantine lockdowns. But with this year with only six weeks to prepare for a concert and to get them proficient enough to play the pep band songs at the football games. I want to say that the kids stepped up and put in the practice time to be ready for this. And I'm very proud of them. The music I planned for this concert isn't beginning level music either. And a little insight is pieces for instrumental music um, are ranked uh, starting at level 0.5 and then goes up from there. 0.5 is usually starting band level, you know, usually like 5th grade, 6th grade. Usually that's when band programs start. And as the students get better, the difficulty level goes up. So by the time they get to high school, uh, you hope that they can play pieces that are at level 2.5 or higher. Usually for those ninth and tenth graders, and then three and a half or higher for the eleventh and twelfth grade graders. Uh, usually they usually combine like the tenth and the ninth and tenth graders together for one band, and then the eleventh and twelfth grade for other for the next band. It's usually how most high school bands go. But over the recent time, uh, as numbers drop, it gets harder and harder to have two separate bands. Uh, For me, um, I'm at a smaller school, so I have the 9th through 12th graders in one band. And we are playing pieces that are usually, that are between three and four and a half. This is challenging music for them, but I figure we we can't get better if we're not pushed beyond what we've done before. And that goes for everything we do. I really believe that. If we stay with the familiar, we can't grow. That is why you should try to play with musicians that are better with you, because that helps you hear the differences of what you're playing and how they're playing, and it makes you, hopefully, want to reach that next level. And before I get into um, the interview with Matt today, I'd like to add um, a public service announcement about school music programs. Um, if you don't know, numbers over the years have dropped for a lot of music classes throughout the country. There are some music programs that are lucky if they even have 20 kids in the program. Back when my daughter was in high school, I know the band, if I remember correctly, was under 20 kids, and I can tell that the band director was doing everything they could to get those kids to a certain level, and it, it's not easy task working with print level kids. Some just starting out in ninth grade with others that have started back in fifth grade. And to try to get all those musicians, even that low number of less than 20, to play songs together in six to eight weeks is a feat upon itself. And as a music director myself, I I know how that is. And if you've never been a part of that, that's something that I think the public needs to know is that... There are teachers out there trying their best to get kids to perform at their very best. And we need to support the music departments out there as much as we can. Music and any arts, STEM, you know, there are classes that kids just strive for. They want to be there and go to school only because of those classes. Um, There are kids out there, of course, that are totally into science and into math and English and all those other classes out there, but the music and the arts, for some reason, um, sometimes become lowest uh, lowest priority. So uh, before I get off this soapbox, I believe everyone has a musician inside of them that needs nurturing. And if you love the arts, think about helping out in any way you can, because like I said, for some kids, the music program is the only reason they go to school, because that is where their strengths are and they feel the safest around their peers you can also go to concerts, the local the local concert at your schools. I believe they deserve an audience to perform for. So, I'm going to get off my soapbox and we're going to talk about um, some things coming up for the podcast. Uh, we have obviously the what I've been talking about the last few weeks is the holiday the winter holiday showcase. And this is local musicians from Wisconsin that have recordings of holiday songs. And I'd like to showcase that on the December 20th episode. So please send in your song files to wisconsinmusicpodcast at gmail.com. Wave files are best, but high-quality mp3s work as well. If you have some Halloween and Thanksgiving-based songs, uh, send those in too. And we'll just make a great holiday episode. Also, if you'd like to help support the Wisconsin Music Podcast, do have t-shirts and hoodies for pre-order. If you can go to our website at wisconsinmusicpodcast.com, there is a merch link. Click on that, and that should take you to the secured website. ABS Activewear is hosting our page that shows you all the different merch that is available. Uh, just go check it out. And if you like anything, please make a purchase. It would be much appreciated. Last week we had Alternative Radio, the post-80s punk rock band, and this week was supposed to be Pen Drop Poet, but there was an issue with my audio, and instead of rushing it out and not having a great-sounding episode, I'm going to push it out until next week, Monday. Uh, So today's episode is with Matt Antowitz. Matt has been performing for over 20 years, originally from and currently living in Milwaukee. He studied trumpet performance with an emphasis on jazz studies at University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point. He has performed with such national acts as Kenny Rogers, the Woody Herman Orchestra, Frank Sinatra Jr., Aretha Franklin, Johnny Mathis, The Four Tops, The Temptations, Manhattan Transfer, Frankie Valli, Natalie Cole, Doc Severinsen, Danesty Young, Mannheim Steamroller, and so much more. If you want to read more about who he's played with, his bio is in the show details below, where you can read about all the great musicians he has worked with and also his links. So let's get right into the interview with Matt. welcome to the wisconsin music podcast we have matt from aca entertainment and he's going to tell us all about himself and the organization but why don't you start with your origin story your music origin story where did you grow up how did music influence you as you grew up and how it got you to where you are today
0: all right yeah i'd be happy to thanks for having me i i started off in a i had a very musical family my grandparents on my dad's side met in a, a music store where my grandfather was teaching accordion and my grandmother was in there buying accordion sheet music so all kind of started for us there and they had uh, my dad and three other kids that all played musical instruments went through band programs and so my dad and my uncle were in a band as i grew up um did, did a lot of the fe- church festivals in the area did a lot of weddings and uh always having rehearsals at the house and my how i my main instrument is trumpet i took piano lessons but then i i, I really got into trumpet in around middle school age. And I chose the instrument because I, I kept hearing Sir Duke by Stevie Wonder on the radio and has that intro to, it. I said, I want to sound like that. I want to play something that sounds like that. And I had someone tell me years later that those were actually alto saxophones and there wasn't a trumpet on it. So, <laughs> but, but I stuck with a trumpet from there and they, they were kind enough to let me play in their band from time to time. So I got a little taste of that and I was always around. They did mostly uh, self bookings up until the last few years of their band. So, was always around them doing the bookings aspect of it, hearing how they were selling their groups, um, did a lot of their own production. So I got to see that firsthand. And yeah, just really took to it in high school. And um, from there, I went to music school at uh, for jazz studies at the University of Stevens Point.
1: Excellent. You have a musical family. Uh, you were in school, played in the bands, and trumpet's your main instrument. What music projects did you find that were your most inspirational?
0: Oh, yeah, good question. Um, I mean, I... You know i started off with the 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 love of jazz and i really learned approached learning music through that set of glasses but i also found that what i really enjoyed doing was playing all kinds of different styles of music so right i had some great opportunities in college to play with some groups like uh it was in 19 i played with kenny rogers a few times frankie valley and those kind of shows where national artists would come through town and hire backup bands and I found that really inspiring the professionalism of it, the fact that you'd go in, you'd do an hour long rehearsal, and then you'd put on a show and you're just expected to have done all your homework ahead of time. And yep. th- I found that the most inspirational. From there, it kind of led me to doing for a fair amount of time, I was doing some of the Broadway shows in Milwaukee when they would come and tour, sitting in the pit orchestras um, and doing some of the union jobs. And I, I really loved that, that level of professionalism and just uh, the pride everybody took in to get not only sounding their best, but coming prepared, so they're not wasting anybody else's time with their learning on the spot and stuff like that. It was, uh, it was really how I really wanted to craft my career around that type of, of musical job and behavior. And uh, I try to carry that through to the things I do now.
1: Excellent. So for those that are listening and are musicians and interested in the same kind of path, what recommendations are you, would you say for them to work on while they're practicing to get to that level?
0: Yeah, I, I think what I what I'm, I'm I see a lot of younger musicians as a part of the. You, you spend so much time focusing on learning the instrument, which is great. It's where you have to start, and then you decide you're going to embark on a professional career and learn what professionalism is. I mean, those things like being on time, how to talk to people that are looking to contract you, what information to get, how to sell your services, all those things that you kind of learn over time. But yeah, I mean, musicians are, are often focused on the creative aspect of it, but then when it comes to turning that into something that makes it a career for them, I think be a, it's, it would be worthwhile to see a lot of younger musicians spend get that focus and know what professionalism is, getting right out the gate, and we'll and help them get the jobs that they want to get a lot faster.
1: Yeah. And what would you say a musician should have in their gig bag besides their instrument?
0: Yeah, I mean, versatility, knowing yourself and your capabilities. I mean, there's going to be times where you might get called for a gig and it would be in your best interest not to take it. Maybe it's not your particular Forte and, and uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily take a, go- a job playing piccolo trumpet, you know, that's the, I don't practice it enough. And I know that. So, yeah, I mean, that, I think that's part of it. The versatility, knowing yourself, you know, just handling yourself in, in a professional way and, and being, you know, easy to work with, being easy to work with a you know, good person to deal with. And uh, all really kind of basic things, so, you know, they're probably things that would carry into any job that you do.
1: OK, cool. Let's talk about uh, the local scene attitude. You know, your, your local scene. What positives have you seen over the years of playing?
0: You know, I, 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 I'm always impressed by, by Milwaukee and Southeast Wisconsin in particular. I mean, I mean all of Wisconsin, a you lot, know, but I mean, the area that I see the most often is Southeast Wisconsin. And it just seems like every time I take it for granted, I turn around and I've found a pocket of new musicians that I had never heard of yet that are just fantastic. And uh and you know it's it's uh it's one of those things like you worry you get, you have to find a sub for a gig someone backs out last minute. And now it's these are opportunities to get to meet new people and and uh and I'm just always blown away at how many new people are out there that I don't know yet and, mm-hmm. and meeting all the time. It's really inspiring.
1: Same thing with doing the podcast. I've met so many different people and so many different groups out there that I've never heard of and it's just amazing what kind of talent we have in this state. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. And then on the flip side of that, what are the struggles that you've seen in local scene that feel suffocating it? Maybe like lack of audience or maybe the payment, travel, you know, stuff like that. What experiences have you seen that could use a lift to not become a, a suffocation for the local scene?
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, I guess that's kind of tough to answer at this particular point, just because we're coming out of that pandemic right now where, I mean, I I feel like we're in the middle of a boom right now. There seems to be a lot of work for the live musicians, more work almost than there are jobs or musicians to do them in some cases. Uh, And the crowds seem to be really enthusiastic and grateful and more appreciative than they had been before this of that. You know, even I hear from some of our solo musicians that play in restaurants, that they uh, They're just getting, it's not so much the background, they're not the wallpaper as much anymore. People are listening, paying attention to what they're doing and they're appreciative, more gratuity going around. So everything that I've been seeing over the last month and a half, two months has been very, very positive. And I I just hope that it continues. I hope the people that are out supporting live music now will continue doing that for the years to come and just going to get more people into it and more better music out there.
1: So all those things that you just listed off were basically were suffocations that were part of the local scene, but due to the pandemic, people's minds have kind of changed a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm only speculating. I mean, I, yes, I don't know what studies are out there about this kind of a thing, but just from the feedback we've been getting, it really seems like the some of those things that were suffocating us are, are, are just struggles, putting, putting bodies in the seats and um you know, having even smaller venues, having being able to turn a profit by having enough people to come through the door, a lot of that is being is been alleviated by the the enthusiasm people are showing for being able to get back out and uh, experience live music again, which right. is great.
1: Yeah. And speaking of the pandemic, um, that's kind of the reason why you you're on here is because I saw a video or a few videos of yours for the ACA Entertainment that you run, and I saw you know you guys were doing streaming concerts. So why don't you kind of give us the history behind ACA and what it stands for
0: Well, sure i mean ACA has uh been around for quite some time in nineteen forty eight that the company born from uh a guy named Bill Rothy passed it down to his his children and uh was run by his daughter nancy uh for quite a while who I worked for for about eight years and then uh right heading into the pandemic, I bought the company from her um and we've gone over a lot of change i mean obviously the the crisis all changed things and what you could do and we we saw ourselves Heading into that last summer with really no jobs, we spent most of our time in the office during the day, focusing on rescheduling or canceling dates and negotiating contracts that are being canceled and things like that, which isn't a lot of fun. And we still wanted to do what we were there to do. So we came up with the idea of, of changing our re- rehearsal space that we have at the office here into a live streaming concert facility. And we, it's something we always wanted to do with the space that we're in now too. We have a, an office space that that allows us a, a large rehearsal space and a couple of smaller practice rooms. And um, we wanted to be able to get video at some point for particularly for our solos, duos, trios, the ones that don't necessarily have the budget with the jobs that they do to go out and spend several thousand dollars on a video, give a, a way for our clients to be able to see them. So that kind of forced us into to getting to learn that really quick. And we said, let's take this opportunity to learn as many things as fast as we can and make as many mistakes as we can and learn the technology while it's coming out there. So we had, we, we, I think in the first month, for two months together, we did something like thirty or forty live streams and uh I mean I like to when we look back on it. we made a lot of mistakes in the initial month or so, and we learned from each one of those and it was every single one that we did got better, and the team learned more and it was just some let's let's put our heart into this for a while and promote people and just like you were saying with the, the, with what you' probably experienced hosting the podcast is i i 'm a performer too, so I don't get to get out and see music as much i 'm often working at the same time that our people but I got to see so many bands. I never would have gotten to see and spend time with them, getting to know them, what what they like, what they're looking for in jobs, too. It was was uh, a great experience. I'm really glad that we did it.
1: Yeah. Uh, for those out there that have no idea what ACA is, why don't you let them know what it really, you know, the details behind it and how they can participate with it if they wanted to.
0: Sure. Uh, ACA is a, a booking agency, music, talent. Uh, we do bands. DJs, we have some magicians, we have a lot of variety acts because we represent performers. And um, we, uh, we look for certain tools that we use to help sell them to buyers that are, are looking to hire for their festival or for their corporate party. And video is really the big medium for all of that right now. And uh, so, so we, we, uh, we try to find people jobs, essentially. And uh, we're fairly successful with it. We're very busy. And uh, at the moment, we are, we are looking for a lot of new acts. We've uh, run into a situation where there's, uh, there's just so much demand right now. And we have a fairly large roster. It's anywhere from 80 to 120 acts that we represent at any given time. Um, but we're finding ourselves in spots where we need people to fill dates. And we, and we don't just like grabbing anybody. We, we want to get to know the people that we're representing. We want to know their quality level, make sure they're very easygoing, professional people to work with so our clients like them. So... We we get a lot of we get a lot of requests to be represented several, several a week. And then out of those, maybe I'd say one out of five or so are people that we end up working with, either because they have the correct materials or at the right point in their career. And um, so yeah, if, if any musicians listening to this and we ask you just send an email to info at music, info at ACA dot com and tell us what you're all about. And we'll take a look at it and see if there's work we can do together.
1: Excellent. So. Basically, you guys are talent buyers. Am, am I assessing that correctly?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm almost more talent brokers because we're not buying for events. We don't necessarily put on events ourselves. Okay. So just the way that the, the our, our business works right now, aside from just selling the bands to buyers or helping represent them, negotiate their contracts for their bookings, um, we also take part in from helping promote them and, and promote the festivals, promote the acts that we represent as well. It's just kind of part of what we do for our service and to earn our, our our stake in in the booking process
1: gotcha so usually a company like yours takes a certain percentage from the amount game paid from the place that the musicians are playing so what is it a variable or is it a set percentage that you guys take
0: ours our set percentage is 20 percent. okay and in general what we try to do is if we have a band that and it's that's kind of the trick in, in what we're looking for we like bands that are at that point where their schedule is starting to get full, there's enough demand that maybe if we help them tweak, get to the next level, uh, get their price to where they would like it to be and, and put our 20% on top, ideally.
1: Got you. From what you just said, maybe I'm, I'm not understanding it correctly, or maybe I'm, I am interpreting it correctly, you're, you help them get to a certain level, you, like you evaluate them and you tell them what they need to work on. So you're kind of like a producer in some sort. Well, no, in some
0: cases, but it's more like if we have a, a, someone who's very talented and they, they come to us with a, a, a fuzzy looking picture as their lead image and a video that someone took from a cell phone while they were performing in a coffee shop or something like that. We say, well, there's a value to that, but there's more value to this professionally shot video and a high resolution image and a well-worded bio. And, and we help them put those tools together that help us sell them to entertainment buyers better.
1: Gotcha. All right, cool. With the the advancements now happening with streaming, do you see that as a part of the the next step for musicians? You know, like this is gonna to have to be kind of part of their career now is where they're gonna to have to stream certain things going forward because so many people got used to it over the year, year and a half.
0: I mean, I think at the same time, as as much as it became something that's not gonna go away there was so much of it and so little live that people are a little tired of it at the moment. Um, but I, I do think it's going to be back and there's, it's going to be a tool that, uh, people are bands and, uh, performers are going to use for a long time to come, uh, yeah. as a means of getting their concerts out there that people have, that can't make it and, or can't go out for whatever reason. And just another way to have it online. People like to stay home and look and entertainment systems at home are so good these days too. It's not quite like the live experience, but, uh, it's better than not listening altogether. So
2: true. true. I
0: I think we're, we're going to, we're taking a break with it right now just because we've gotten so busy with the live stuff, but we intend to get back to it in fall and, uh, maybe no, nowhere near as vigorous a schedule with it, but, um, still to use it once a month, showcase something like that and keep our, our tools working on it and, uh, help promote our musicians better. A lot of people I look at we we also represent a lot of private party bands and, and, uh, they don't have public performances where buyers can go out and see them or necessarily showcases for them to perform. So that was one of them aside from putting on private showcases that that has helped us uh, give our our entertainment buyers an opportunity to see some of these groups and what they really kind of sound like live without having to crash a private party or wedding or waiting six months until they have a public performance.
1: Right, right. Do you just work with Wisconsin-based festivals and talent buyers, or do you go throughout the the United States or even outside of the United States?
0: Um, mostly Wisconsin. We do do a fair amount of work in Northern Illinois and Chicago. A little bit of work into Minnesota, but uh, most of our entertainment is in this area, and this is the area that we know best. Every once in a while, we'll we'll work on a national booking. Not so much international, but uh, mainly we focus on the Midwest.
1: So, what kind of places would a performer that thinks that they're at a certain level and you feel that they're at a certain level, what are like some of the top places that you guys can book?
0: Um, I mean, it depends on on the moment right now. One of our our favorite places to work on is a a new theater in West Bend called the bend. And we just really like what they're doing over there. uh, Using a lot of homegrown original artists, doing a little bit of cover stuff, but they also show movies at the theater. And uh, so we've been focusing with them for a lot over the last year. And uh, it's a place we're really excited about. Of course, we do some bookings for Summerfest and for State Fair, which are always always fun gigs for music- local musicians to play. And, and uh, generally focusing a little bit more on some of the theater work that we feel some of our original groups are uh, better fit for, which is also something that's kind of new to us. We, we started doing original bands a couple of years ago. Otherwise, before then, it was all cover acts and tribute acts and um, things of that nature. But uh, we're having a lot of fun learning some new venues uh, that we can pitch these original bands to.
1: Excellent. And what would be some of the lower tier places that you help musicians get booked into? You know, I don't know that there's anything
0: that we would consider lower tier. We don't do, and I don't mean this to say that it's lower tier. We just don't do a lot of bar bookings where we would have solo or duo musicians in, uh, in the bars. Is we are, we do a lot of country clubs. We have some restaurant jobs, and you know, it's not lower tier, and it's in a lower quality work. It's just it's more going to focus for a solo musician that uh, you know in those places they're looking for a cover musician that's going to play familiar songs and the crowd can sing along to or recognizes and you know, so, it, and there's a lot of those jobs right now too. Those are the places that are really booming with uh, the hiring live at entertainment and giving it a try if they'd never given a shot before.
1: Yeah. Cool. Work-life balance. Do you find it's a difficult thing for you to do or do you find that you found a good balance between the two?
0: Yeah, it's difficult. It's very difficult. Um, it's, it's always been a challenge. It's uh, especially being on the entrepreneurial side of it. I mean, when you, you, You don't want to see any projects that you're working on fail and a lot of the time the secret to to making it successful is putting more work behind it but um i have 10 year old twins and uh a wife who's also a music performer which is helpful uh we got married a couple years ago and we work a very similar schedule so so we get a little bit of a, a reprieve from that from the fact that we're both up late and can spend time at night but yeah, it's tough. It's tough when you know you love what you do too. I mean, I, I could it'd be a lot easier to step away from the job if I was miserable and doing it, but I enjoy it. So, <laughs> yeah, and in our with uh, being in Wisconsin like we are, it's somewhat seasonal too. So I do have right. months like November, April, where with not a lot going on, and I catch up on it then. But these stretches during the summer can definitely be a challenge. Yeah, I mean, do you find that too? How how about for you?
1: My main gig is a school teacher, so I have the summers off. So okay, and my wife's a nurse, so she has. Her every day is a little bit different, but for me, as long as I, you know, can step out of my office when I need to take care of things around the house during the summer, then that's all good. And then when that, when school comes around, then some, it seems not too bad. I mean, I've been doing, you know, being a band director for almost over 20 years now, and the podcast has only been around since September. So it's not been much, you know, too much of a demand yet. You know, I take a an hour or so you know, doing interviews with, you know, people like you and then an hour or so editing it together. But I also have my um, recording and mixing and podcast editing, which I just started working on. And so as long as I keep it small and I don't overextend myself, it's not too bad.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure with the school, you do a lot of stuff outside the regular school day too. It takes up a lot of time.
1: Yeah, you know, you got band concerts, yeah. you got pep bands, you got football and basketball games. So, you know, that all has to come first yeah. before anything else. You just got have your priorities in a certain order.
0: Yeah, time management. Good time management helps.
1: Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So obviously, like you said, you've played gigs. Is there one that's made a major impression on you, and why did it make that major impression on you?
0: Um. Yeah, this is my sort of weird one. I guess it's uh I played uh was fortunate enough to play when the the touring production of Legally Blonde came to Milwaukee. Okay. And uh and I had done so, uh, quite a few musicals up until that point, uh, you know, same capacity playing in the pit orchestra, but that one with it's, it's more of a modern musical. Um the musical references in all of our parts were more modern and the conductor was uh I'm gonna say strict, but picky. He he knew what he wanted and what he expected, and he was very direct about it. And uh, I, I just remember that show being like, "Yeah, this is like another level of of all of this." And mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's also cool to see where a lot of these shows have been written so many years ago. I mean, you played a lot of shows from the '50s, '60s, '70s, some from the '80s, but you know, here you had one written during my time, and and musical references that I grew up with, and it was really inspiring and promising to see that, that that's going to carry on and the different ways that it's going to carry on. You know, you might not necessarily have a harp, but you may have an analog synth in the pit orchestra and things like that. So mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that, that was fun. I really enjoyed that. Excellent. Took a lot away from that.
1: Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. You can learn so much on, you know, doing stuff like that. It just pushes your, your, your performance level up.
0: Right. Yeah. I expect more of myself after it. Yeah, yep.
1: exactly. You mentioned that your wife is doing a project, and we'll probably put some music on. Why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. She, uh, my wife, is a singer-songwriter. Barbara Steffen is her name. Incredible singer, and she writes great music. Um, and the, her her last project, the the album is called "Come On Over to Me." I enough to play trumpet on it uh, it's it's kind of like uh 70s soft rock r&b soul um, it's uh really well written songs uses a, a full horn section uh, It was produced by joe height and kyle white
2: may have you
0: So it's it's great stuff. I'm really glad to have played on it. And, uh, you know, uh, hope you all get the chance to check it out sometime soon. I think you'd enjoy it.
1: Diamond Dave Photography, the photography that supports local music in Wisconsin It is is ready to work with your band or any solo artist on your next promo pictures or band show. To contact Diamond Dave and see previous work, check out Diamond Dave Photography on Facebook and Instagram. Wisconsin Music Podcast is also brought to you by ZTF Studio. ZTF Studio, recording and mixing services, specializing in singles, demos, EPs, and LP projects for the last 20 years in southeastern Wisconsin, doing jazz, rock, funk, country, indie, and more. All right, back to the interview. Going back to ACA for a few minutes, say someone's interested in seeking you out and they need to know what kind of, things they need to have prepared before they even contact like you mentioned earlier, what are like the top three or five things that any group that contacts you that should should already be ready with?
0: Yeah, that, that's a great question. That's uh, It's our first uh, boilerplate response usually to most inquiries because it kind of helps us find out who's ready or who's not. Right. We ask for a high-resolution lead image, a, a bio, a nicely written bio, a sample song list, and then one to three demo videos And, uh, like demo video, I mean, ideally we'd like to see a professional, you can get some pretty good videos from, uh, an iPhone 12 or something nowadays too, but you know, something that just doesn't look like it was, uh, you know, your buddy sitting out on the stool, you know, getting a grainy kind of shot with poor sound quality. Um, you know, usually once someone's put those together, they're, they're ready to start getting gigs on the next level and filling their schedule.
1: Is there anything I haven't asked you that you'd like to cover? um no not 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 in particular no it' uh, it's
0: been great, yeah, i enjoyed talking with you,
1: yeah, as I get to my last question here with you, what's on your playlist right now? What artists are you listening to that you feel maybe isn't getting enough recognition
0: huh um i I mean I'm what I listen to is all all across the board um for a minute there, I was checking out some e d m artists trying to familiarize myself with that a little bit more and that faded away. I mean, I always go back to my, my, uh, it's not necessarily anything new, but it just seems to be so much content for it as I love, uh, blue note jazz in particular, the jazz late fifties, early sixties. is kind of like a sweet spot for me. And, uh, you know, it's easier to find that content now where, you know, when, when I was going to music school and needed to buy a, uh, lee morgan cd and then i wanted to find out uh you know what other t- recordings the bass player on that and you'd have to go to exclusive company and buy a bunch of cds now you can just look it up and there it is so right i like going down rabbit holes like that and, and listening to to tracks i haven't found yet um so not necessarily new stuff that's being put out but some of the old stuff that i haven't discovered yet um but there's a lot of new things too i mean i not not that particularly new but i, I really like the wolf Wolfpack band and all the things those guys are doing I think that's a lot of fun, uh, fun music and they're doing it really well. So yeah, that's, that's what my playlist jumps around from. And then uh, a little bit of Bismarcky given that he just passed this week.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. It's like the people of our, of our youth are starting to slowly pass on. It's, it's weird as we get older, isn't it?
0: It is indeed. Yeah.
1: Well, Matt, um, hopefully I say your last name, right? Matt Antowicz? Tonowicz.
0: Uh, Anthony yeah.
1: Anthony it. Okay, so Matt, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast I hope our listeners got a lot of great information about ACA And that they contact you when they feel they're ready to go to the next level
0: Yeah, absolutely Thank you for having me and, and great work on the show
1: Thank you Well, I hope I enjoyed that conversation with Matt from ACA need more information check out the details in the show notes and all the links will be in there for that. next week we will definitely be bringing on and drop boy also don't forget that we have the friday music showcase coming up on of course friday if you want your music heard on our music showcase please send an email to wisconsinmusicpodcast at gmail.com with friday music showcase in the email subject If you want to be a guest on the Monday interview portion of the podcast, please fill out the guest request form on the website and look for a follow-up email asking for all your information pertaining to your music. Check your spam or junk folder. Sometimes it lands in there. If you'd like to help support the Wisconsin Music Podcast, we now have a merch website where you can purchase hoodies, t-shirts, and long sleeves. So if you go to our website and click on merch, it'll take you to a secured site where You can help support the Wisconsin Music Podcast and have some great merch for the upcoming warmer months, especially with the hoodies and long sleeves. There are multiple colors and designs. So that's about it. We have one more song at the end of the podcast, so make sure you check that out. Everyone have a great week. Podcast theme music by Nate Wyckoff of Frequency Farm Recording Studio. Voice over by... Dean Bundy, sponsored by ZTF Studio and Diamond Dave Photography. The Wisconsin Music Podcast was created, edited, mixed, and mastered by Zach Fell of ZTF Studio.